multiply us, multiply gifting, multiply churches. Kamakosi, it's all over now. Why would we multiply churches? You know what I love about Advance? This is one of the things I really love about Advance. We exist for two things, both sides of this debate. We exist to strengthen and plant. That's what Advance is about, to strengthen existing local churches and to plant new churches. It's not, no, 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 we're about strengthening. No, 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 we're about planting. No, both. We're about planting and strengthening churches. But back to the debate on whether they're enough, just a, a thought, you can't have a morning like this and not quote Tim Keller. Tim Keller quotes, if you just do some simple statistics and you consider all the uh, believers in a population compared to the total population in any area, he says that if all the churches focus not on the believers, but on the unbelieving people in the area, there simply would not be enough churches if just a small percentage of the unbelievers started to become believers. There wouldn't be enough churches to actually uh, to care for and to sustain and to grow those people. And so more churches are needed in the majority of urban areas in the world. Never mind unreached people or unreached areas. And so more churches are needed. In addition to this, in many areas, if we're honest, we need new churches that could bring revival, that could bring gospel-centered communities that are mission-focused and elder-led and disciple-making and spirit-empowered. There are many churches in many parts of, uh, of the world that are not churches like that. And so we need to plant churches all over the world. And so I want to give you four things. So I'm not organized enough to have slides, and so it's on paper. But four things that uh, multiplying churches helps us to do. Firstly, multiplying churches helps us to fulfill the cultural mandate that was given to Adam and Eve. In Genesis chapter 1, God told them to go and fill the whole earth. And you might have thought that that was about children, <laughs> but really it's about the glory of God. It's about a people from every tribe, tongue, language, and nation. So multiplying churches helps us to fulfill that mandate. Multiplying churches helps us to also fulfill the covenant promise given to Abraham in Genesis 12. God said to Abraham that in you all the families of the earth will be blessed. Again, that's not just talking about families. It's talking about a people that God was going to call together for himself. The, the picture hasn't become fully clear, clear yet in Genesis 12, but when we look back on Genesis 12, we see churches, families, communities of faith from around the whole world in that promise. Multiplying churches helps us to fulfill the great commission of Jesus, as we've already heard today. We know essentially the great commission is go and multiply. Go and multiply people and faith. And so to multiply is to multiply God's glory by calling worshipers from every tribe, language, tongue, and nation to worship the one 
Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Secondly, multiplying churches. When we do that, we join, I love Norman said this, we join God in God's mission. We join God in what He's been doing ever since the fall of humankind. What, God, what has God been doing? He's been calling together for Himself a people from every tribe, tongue, language, and nation who will be His people forever. And so those people from every different ethnicity and language would all become one people, the family of God, redeemed from their sin for relationship with Him forever. So when we plant churches, we're actually joining in God in what He's been doing from the foundation of the world. Thirdly, when we multiply churches, we're not into just evangelism, because when the gospel lands in a community or when the gospel breaks on the shore of someone's life, it creates community. It creates relationships. It doesn't create individual people that are not linked together. And so if you read the book of Acts, it's amazing to see how the gospel goes out and communities of faith, churches, get established wherever the gospel is preached. In, in the book of Acts, we know that those who were saved on that first day at Pentecost got added. What did they get added to? They became a community of faith. By Acts chapter 4, they're sharing everything that they've got with one another. They've become really a community of faith that weren't a community before. And so we shouldn't be thinking just evangelism. I've shared a tract or I've shared a truth but no, when I share the gospel, a community, your expectation should be that a church will be born. And these gospel communities that result as the gospel goes out are like outposts of the kingdom of heaven here in every corner, nook and cranny of the planet. And those communities, those churches should be provocative displays of God's glory and what it looks like to live under the kingship of Jesus Christ, so that the watching world can look on and can ask, please give us an account for the hope that you have. If the world knew what was happening here today, there'd be some questions. How did this happen? Why are you guys all in this room? That's what the church should be about. It's putting on display the glory of God to the watching world. Friends, we multiply churches because research shows that new churches... This is quite a shocking statistic, are more effective in evangelism than old churches. Let me back this up with some statistics. If the church is younger than three years, on average, they will reach 10 people for Christ in a year. But if your church is between three to 15 years, on average, you're only reaching five people for Christ in a year. And if your church is older than 15, then it's only reaching on average three people for Christ in a year, just on age. New churches, I believe, Hope Church, you're going to see people saved in Montclair. Now, we want people to be saved in every church, but there's statistics that show that new churches, there's a greater urgency around mission, and that's just a statistic. Fourthly, we multiply churches because that helps us to take the church to where people are. We're not telling everyone, you must come to us. We're actually going to where people are. And so many churches and smaller churches help us to contextualize the gospel better 
and deeper because we're going into a very localized setting and we can understand what the questions and the fears and the problems are and how Jesus is the answer here in this community. And so as we establish churches that will plant churches, we also reach whole regions. I just want to read to you for a moment, 15, just an excerpt. Paul believed that if he had planted a church or two in an area, he'd preached the gospel to that whole area. Don't believe me? Listen to Romans. It says this, from Jerusalem all the way around to Elycrium, I have fulfilled, I've finished the ministry of the gospel of Christ. So he's described a big area and he says, I've done it. I've finished. Finished preaching in that area. Verse 20, and thus I make it my ambition to preach the gospel where Christ not where Christ has already been named, lest I build on someone else's foundation. So he's now saying, so now because I've finished here, I'm looking for another place where there's still some work to do. Verse 23, but now since I no longer have any room to work in these regions. Let me just unpack this for you. What the Apostle Paul believed was that he considered his job to be done in an area when he had planted a gospel-centered, life-giving community of faith in that area. Once he had done that, his work was done. What, what he believed, his expectation was that if he had planted a church in Philippi, the church in Philippi would multiply and would reach the whole region better than he could, so he could move on. And so as we multiply churches into new areas, we can move on to new areas knowing that that church. So we've planted into Ilfracom, already we're dreaming about Magabeni or something close to Ilfracom. And Ilfracom by next year, we're hoping we'll be planting out of Ilfracom into Magabeni or something like that. And so we want to keep planting churches that are not thinking, oh yeah, for the next 30 years we're the new church plant. No, 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 no. You've got about two years and then you need to start multiplying. Because what happens is when you plant churches and you multiply churches into an area, you saturate whole areas with the gospel. So friends, we want to keep multiplying churches. Can I hear an amen? amen. So I'm sorry if you're on the other end of the argument. No, I'm joking. <laughs> the great thing is that to be part of this family of churches, advance is into both strengthening existing churches and planting new ones. And I want to uh, take a moment now to, to ask Greg to, to come up again. And, uh, and the reason why is that uh, Greg and the guys around him are the newest or the freshest or the about-to-be uh, uh, church that's being planted in, in the room that we're aware of. And so I wanted to give Greg just a moment to share a little bit about the Hope Church story just now, I think we're going to get the various guys from the Hope Church kind of core team up here, and then we're going to pray for them. They're they, they launching. I'm not going to say it all now. I'll just hand the mic over, but let's get behind these guys, and let's pray. These things we've been talking about today, that we see them happen through, through Greg and the whole team. Bless you, man. Uh, thanks again. Yeah, so, true, Hope Church. Uh, we will be planting the church in February, so we just got uh, three months and some change. Uh, 